We'll begin with a prayer here from St. Francis of Assisi. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. O great and glorious God, enlighten the darkness of my mind, grant me enduring faith, certain hope, and perfect charity. Help me to embrace the depths of your love, that in all my ways I may accomplish your good and perfect will. Consecration to the Holy Spirit. On my knees, before the great multitude of heavenly witnesses, I offer my whole self, my mind, my body, and my heart, and my soul, to you, eternal Spirit of God. I adore the brightness of your purity, the unerring keenness of your justice, and the might of your love. You are the strength and light of my salvation. I desire to never grieve you by my unfaithfulness, and I pray with all my heart to be kept from the smallest sin against you. Mercifully guard my every thought and grant that I may always watch for your guidance listen to your voice, and follow your holy inspirations. I cling to you, give myself to you, and ask by the grace of your compassion that you watch over me in my weakness. Holding the pierced feet of Jesus and looking at his five wounds, trusting in his precious blood, and adoring his open side and stricken heart, I implore you, adorable spirit, helper of my infirmity, to keep me in your grace, that I may never sin against you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Also, number three, there's some show and tell here, uh, some prayer books I just brought forward. I'll talk a little bit about them at the end, just tell you what kind of books they are. Well, we'll begin with this reading here from the prophet Isaiah at the top of your, of your handout. All you that thirst, come to the waters, and you that have no money, make haste. Buy and eat, come ye, buy wine and milk without money and without any price. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a quote, we'll start with this first quote here too from uh, St. Bonaventure. If you wish to bear adversities and miseries of this life with patience, be a man of prayer. If you wish to acquire virtue and strength to overcome the temptations of the enemy, be a man of prayer. If you wish to mortify your will with all its inclinations and desires, be a man of prayer. If you wish to know the wiles of Satan and defend yourself against his snares, be a man of prayer. If you wish to live joyfully and travel with ease along the path of penance and labor, be a man of prayer. If you wish to drive from your souls the importune insects of vain thoughts and desires, be a man of prayer. If you wish to be sustained by solid devotion and keep your soul filled with good thoughts and desires, be a man of prayer. If you would fortify your heart on the road to God, be a man of prayer. If you wish to rid your soul of all its vices and plant the flowers of the virtues, be a man of prayer. Well, this, is, this summer tune-up is about uh, prayer, and the first talk tonight is about vocal prayer. 
and the next talk will be on mental prayer, the third talk on contemplative prayer. So prayer in general, as Dominicans, we like to define what we're talking about before we get going. We always define, and then we distinguish. However, prayer is, we don't, we don't have a great word for it in English, prayer. It's not the greatest word. If you ever read something like Pride and Prejudice, you know, you hear that language in there. Pray thee, sir, walk with me in the park or in the garden. Pray thee, sir. So it means basically to ask. So but prayer is so much more than asking. Prayer is a very deep and complicated mystery. I made some supplementary handouts over here um, if you want to dive more deeply into what prayer is. First one is a quote here from the Catechism, what some of the saints said about prayer. I just pulled the quotes directly out of the Catechism. Another one here is from a website called uh, Catholic City, and it's a simplified version of the Catechism, so I pulled out some pertinent Catechism uh, quotes there about what prayer is. For example, prayer is a covenant with the Trinity. That's something that would require a lot of time for me to go through today, so I'm not going to get into all these. And then, you know, I, uh, I have the discipleship wheel here, too, which is very good for you to look at, uh, which is what our prayer life is all about. So maybe we'll get into the, we can talk about that one a little bit later. So I, I like a, this, to have a functional definition of prayer today rather than an abstract definition, something functional. And that is prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation. It's a conversation with another person. God is a divine person. So the prayer is a conversation with a person. And any conversation you might have with any person you know, has three elements to it. There's times when you're going to be speaking, with your words, times where you're going to listen to what the other person is saying, hopefully, so you're not having a dual monologue, but you're actually listening to the person, and times when you're thinking about what they're saying so you can respond. So, and that's what prayer with God is like. Times when we are speaking is called vocal prayer, vocal prayer using your words. Times when you're thinking about God is called mental prayer or meditation, and times of uh, listening to God is your contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer or prayer of quiet, uh, prayer of silence. This is a very important part of prayer. Because in our conversation with God, if all we do is talk to him and never listen to him, so there's a problem there. <laughs> so we have to give time, we have to, give, we have to make a space for God and able, so he would be able to uh, speak to us when he wants to. So prayers like this conversation with God who's a person. Uh, vocal, mental, and contemplative. I often use a swimming pool at a hotel to, to illustrate this point. You've been to a hotel and there's the, the kiddie end of the pool where the little kids go. It's got really shallow water. That's vocal prayer. You know, that's what, we, that's what you teach kids, how to pray vocal prayer. And then you start getting a little bit deeper in the pool. You're up to your chest. Now that's mental prayer. You know, that is where you're starting to get a little bit deeper into God. And then there's a diving well where you can dive right into God, and that's uh, contemplative prayer. So there's a progression, a progression in your prayer life, and I'm a particular advocate of balance, you know, the concept of having balance in your life, balance in your life in general, and especially balance in your prayer life. So if you don't know the Dominican four pillars for looking for balance in your life, when people come to see me for spiritual direction, 
I, I'll, first thing I do is try to check their balance because you know if you have four tires on a car and, the, and the, one of the tires is low, the car's not going to drive too well. Or if you have four legs on a table or a chair and one leg is really long and one is short, it doesn't quite work as well. So you want to strive to have some balance in your life. Because when you're out of balance, you sort of feel, something feels off in your life. You know, just, just can't describe it, but something is kind of off. So you want to try to maintain a balance in your life. And the Dominican Order, it's one of the reasons I joined the Dominican Order, because they have this beautiful balance of a life of prayer, a life of study, a life of community, and a life of ministry or preaching. And that's our main ministry is preaching. So prayer, study, community, and ministry. When you're looking at your life, you want to see those elements in your life. They won't be equal like on a table, but they'll be in present in your life. Prayer, study, community, ministry. Over the years, I had to add a fifth pillar or a fifth leg, which is self-care. Because <laughs> we're not good at that, and probably, probably you're not good at it, but the religious types aren't good at self-care. So taking care of yourself, which is you know, getting exercise, getting enough food and sleep, getting time to play in your life, getting time to um, create things, to be creative. So the concept of balance. So in your prayer life, too, you're going to want to have this balance of vocal, mental, and contemplative prayer. Times you're speaking to God, times you are thinking about the great mysteries and the beauty of God, and times when you are listening to God. And all of your highest prayer forms have all three of those in them. So the Mass has vocal prayer, mental prayer, and times of silence, contemplative prayer. The Holy Rosary is times of mental prayer, vocal prayer, and times contemplative prayer. And uh, Lexio Divina, which we'll be picking up next time, is times of vocal, mental, and contemplative. And that's generally the order that it goes in. Now, I'm pulling these apart, but prayer is, of course, more fluid than that. But that's usually the order. You start out with vocal prayer, you get into mental prayer, and at some point you end up in contemplative prayer, or resting in the Lord, listening to the Lord. So I, for, oh, ready for another quote it's on, the, on the other side of the page. This is from Louis Granada himself. Prayer is one of the surest means of obtaining all that you wish to receive from God. If you seek friendship and grace, pardon of your sins, mortifications of your passions, consolations in your afflictions, fortitude in your temptations, spiritual consolation, or help in temporal needs, then pray. How true it is that prayer is everything, since through prayer, everything we can attain, we can attain everything. Prayer is all the virtues, and through prayer, we gain all the virtues. He who prays possesses God, for it is through prayer that we reach God. Amen. Prayer, in another general sense, I wanted to continue, so... That's why I drew these symbols here. The heart, the heart has four, four chambers. That reminds me of the four kinds of things you want to do in your prayer. And one of them is worship God. You want to make sure in your prayer life you are worshiping God. Now, we come together to do that communally at Mass. That's when we're worshiping God. But in our own private prayer life, we want to have times of worship of God as well. And prayer is also, it is asking for things, but it's, that's also in there. So you intercede for other people in your prayer to make sure you have times of praying for others 
And with that intercession, too, is uh, praying against things. So we're praying against the work of the evil one in the world. We're praying against what the devil is doing. We're praying against uh, evil machinations of the demons that are out there. So we pray for and we pray against. Another thing you want to make sure you have in your prayer, in the heart of your prayer, is gratitude. Gratitude is one of the most important things that God teaches us to be grateful. Again, at the Mass, we do this, this as well. I mean, the Mass is actually, one of the things we're doing at Mass is thanking God for all the blessings of that day or that week or of our life. We're coming together to thank Him. But our own prayer life, too, to be, to be grateful to God. And then part of our prayer life, too, is about ourself about growing in our own perfection, growing in our own holiness. You know, when Jesus is saying things like, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened onto you, that's especially true of our own journey to holiness, our own journey to God. So those four things are in your heart. And then the star, star has five points to it. And so this is how prayer kind of works. First, you have to see it. You have to see something in yourself or see something that for someone else. You have to actually notice it and, and see it. And then the, there's spiritual power in naming it. For example, you might see in yourself that uh, you gossip a lot. So you have to name that, Lord. You have to name that and repent of that gossip. So you have to see it and name it. Then you have to believe that God can free you from that. Or God can give you that good gift. You have to believe it. See it, name it, believe it, and then ask the Holy Spirit for what you need. In the case of a, if you're fighting a sin, in the case of a sin, you ask for the contrary virtue. So when you're doing your examination of conscience, you see where your faults are, and then you know what to ask the Holy Spirit for in that same prayer. For example, you might say, Lord, was I humble today? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Please give me the gift of humility. Or, you know, or was I had pride today. No, I wasn't humble. Please give me the gift of humility. So ask the Holy Spirit and then ask for the grace to receive it from God. Because we can block a lot of the works that God wants to do with our own brokenness and many parts of ourselves. So ask God for the grace to be able to receive it. Just like when you're going forward for communion, we've got to ask God for that grace to receive all that he has for us in that Holy Eucharist, right? One, one Eucharist should make us into a saint. So we put up some we put up some roadblocks and barriers. So ask God that we can receive, and then why other you know why other people are going to communion? We can pray that they receive all the grace that God has for them too. We can pray for everyone else that's there. So see it for yourself, or see it, name it, believe it, ask the Holy Spirit, and then pray for the grace to be able to receive it. And then the last thing about prayer in general is something called uh, proximate prayer. Proximate prayer or the prayer before prayer. So this is what you do, um, you know, especially in the, I do it in the mornings. Most people do it in the mornings. You go ahead and you set your goals for the day. Hopefully you're working on three or four virtues or three or four goals with God. So in the morning, you, you set them, and again, by asking the Holy Spirit. So one of the first ones I learned was from the acronym HOST, 
learning some EWTN. Praise God for EWTN. Host, Lord, help me grow in humility today. Help me grow in obedience today, Holy Spirit. Help me grow in surrender today, Lord. Help me grow in trust. That's a great one to start with. I, I always think those are like the four wheels on a baby carriage. These are the four basic virtues, you know. You know the fancy word for a baby carriage? It's a preambulator. I love that word. <laughs> these are the four wheels on the preambulator of the spiritual life. So these, you need to have these to go anywhere in the spiritual life. You need to be humble, obedient, surrender, and trust. And then I, I worked with that for about a year. And you know what happens is you get it. You grow in it because you're asking the Holy Spirit every day for this. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So you begin asking every day. Before I give my next one, let me tell you, at night, what do you do at night? Well, at night, you check yourself, right? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Was I humble today, Lord? No, I'm sorry. Um, Holy Spirit, please give me the gift of humility. Was I obedient today? I was pretty good. Thank you, Lord. Please help me grow in obedience. So whatever the answer is, we ask or no, it's for either to tell God you're sorry and then to um, ask the Holy Spirit for the contrary virtue. It's not to beat yourself up. That's the devil's job to beat us up. We don't beat ourselves up. So um, if you've ever, at least when I was a kid, when you house trained a dog, and the dog might pee on the carpet and you put the dog's nose and give him a little swat and take him outside and teach the dog to pee outside. Well, the devil wants to hold your nose in the pee. See, and you can't, you can't grow in the spiritual life that way. So you have to just tell God you're sorry and I'm going to do better tomorrow. I ask God that you grow in humility. So this is the way that we can grow in the spiritual life because, again, you're asking the Holy Spirit for it every day and the Holy Spirit is going to lead you, guide you, and give you those gifts. The next one I did in my life was hope. Lord, help me be honest with my with my others and with you today. Help me be open to you and others today. Help me see the positive possibilities instead of what's wrong. And help me be excited about what you're doing today in my life. So the idea behind this proximate prayer, this goal setting, is to... Set these goals for yourself and, to, and you, to pray yourself into the person you want to be because it's really all gift. It's all God's grace. Uh, the whole spiritual life is God working in us. So we have to be uh, humble, obedient, <laughs> surrender, and trust and keep asking, and then we begin to grow in the spiritual life. And usually I, I do it for like a year. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you. My one right now is, is, is I'm not gonna, it's not going to write it down, but it's my name, Simon Felix. I got something... Each of those ten, ten letters there. <laughs> and I try to accomplish that every day. <clears throat> I skip the cross. So a cross, now, we see crucifixes and crosses a lot in our lives, so I decided to add some prayers to it. So when I see it, I can, it can remind me to pray in a certain way. So at the top of the cross, I think of God the Father, and that's when I offer my life to him. This, you, it, the Catholic Church calls it the morning offering, which you can do it more than in the morning. So I offer my life to God at the top of the cross. Dear Father, I offer you all my thoughts, all my words, all my actions today in honor of your holy name. Fa holy Fa uh, Loving Father, receive my life. So that's where you make your offering to God. And 
Then over here, I think of Jesus on this side of the cross, Jesus. And here I think of the grace that I need for constant conversion. We need to be on a path where we're constantly letting God's grace in, constantly surrendering, constantly changing. We're on a conveyor belt of conversion. We're going down. We're being changed by God, molded by God, strengthened by God, purified by God, illuminated by God. So we want that grace of constant conversion. Or in other words, this is also called maybe the science of the saints or the spiritual life. All those parts that we're growing, growing in in the spiritual life, becoming more like God. Then as I go down to the foot of the cross, at the foot of the cross where, where all the people were standing, so here I pray for solidarity. Solidarity. I say, Lord Jesus, give me solidarity with the poor. Give me solidarity. Please let me have solidarity with the angels and the saints and your blessed mother. So I think of solidarity. I think of the people in the world that I need to remain close to. Because when you think of the spiritual life, it's not just about your prayer. It's not just about yourself becoming a saint, but it's also about our neighbor. And that's, that's what's on that discipleship wheel, which I'll show at the end. That our spiritual life is also about growing in charity and growing in love. So if your prayer life is not helping you grow in charity and you're becoming a grump and a crab and not helping people, you need to, you need to get rid of that prayer and get another prayer because it's not helping you. It's taking you in the wrong direction. So the prayer life should always lead us into loving our neighbor and loving ourselves and loving God. And then up here, I think of the, going back to where I think of the Holy Spirit and I think of the spiritual combat. So Lord, you know, I put on the armor of God. And I ask God for healing and, and deliverance and illumination of my mind and heart and soul. And so you know, and you've got your, you know, you got your family in there when you're, th- you're praying this too. You can also bring other people into that prayer, because we look at the cross a lot. So I want to make sure I didn't treat the crucifix or the cross as art, but treated it as a means to entering into closer union with God. All right, I have another quote now. This is from Guijo II, a Carthusian monk. Reading is an exercise of, e- of the external senses. Meditation is concerned with the interior understanding. Prayer proceeds from desire. Contemplation outstrips every faculty. The first degree is proper for beginners, the second to advanced souls, the third to devout souls, the fourth to the blessed. Reading without meditation is sterile. Meditation without reading is liable to error. Prayer without meditation is lukewarm. Meditation without prayer is unfruitful. Prayer, when it is fervent, wins contemplation. But to obtain contemplation without prayer would be rare, even miraculous. So he kind of orders those different kinds of prayer and that they all, they need each other. See, we can't just do one kind of prayer. These other kind of prayers feed and strengthen our whole self. Okay. So vocal prayer. I usually like divide things and try to think about them in threes because it just it just helps your expand your mind and it's not too many. If you put five down. It gets hard to remember. So three is a pretty good number. Try to stick to the rule of three. So the first kind of vocal prayer, you know, is written. 
or memorize prayer or devotional prayer that we have in booklets. And this, this kind of prayer is very important, written prayer, memorized prayer, especially when, uh, when you're really stressed out. These memorized prayers, they're lifesavers. Once, when I, right when I entered Novitiate, my, my sister went missing. She just went off with her boyfriend to another state, and I was in, anyways, I was really nervous, so I couldn't do anything but pray rosaries. <laughs> That's all I could do. I couldn't think of any other prayer. There was no other prayer necessary, so... When you get in a really bad situation, these memorized prayers, you're going to be so glad they're there because that's all you'll be able to do. And these written prayers and devotional prayers that we do, you know, every Catholic should have a devotion, by the way. I think every Catholic should have at least one devotion that they're devoted to, and you can change them as you go through life. You don't have to hold on to them forever. For example, I'm a big fan of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I grew up with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And that's devotional prayer that I like to pray. So every Catholic should have a devotional prayer and use written prayers because when you use them, you're learning to pray in the mind and the heart of the church. You're learning from other great spiritual masters. And there's much to learn, especially in something like a litany. I love litanies too. Litanies have a lot to teach. So you should have that level of prayer in your life, vocal prayer, memorized prayer, uh, written prayer, prayer books. I brought a hymnal uh, as an example of this because you can just open this hymnal and, hey, these songs are prayers. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can read these songs and then like, like a, use it like a diving board in a pool and you can get yourself into a prayer, very prayerful state just by using hymns and poems and stuff that are in hymnals. Not to mention I brought the music because singing is, of course, another way of praying. There's Liturgy of the Hours, there's the Bible, there's litanies, chaplets, novenas, all these forms of written and, um, and vocal prayer. Then with that, I think everyone needs to develop a conversation with God. So conversational prayer or spontaneous prayer. Because it's also good to speak to God in your own words and to speak to God about what's happened in your life and to speak to God to what's on your heart and learn to carry this, carry on a conversation with God. Many of the great saints just spoke to God all day long, someone like uh, St. Faustina, constantly in this conversation with God. And so it's good to learn how to pray spontaneously and to hold a conversation with God. And the last one is spiritual reading. Spiritual reading, especially the lives of the saints. I brought a book here. It's little stories of the lives of the saints. It's good to study the lives of the saints. They have them in your rotation of books because the saints made it to heaven and they're telling you how to get there. And if you start reading them, you're going to look at all their lives. You're going to see there's a pattern going on here. There's a real, you know, the saints are so different. There's a pattern of holiness and they're trying to teach this pattern of holiness. So the more lives of saints you read, the more you can see that um, that life of uh, that pattern of holiness and spiritual reading, like this book here, the Sacred Heart and the Priesthood. This was um, God gave a special revelation to this sister about the Sacred Heart for priest, and or this book here. Uh, I just finished it. It's so good. The Seven Secrets of the Eucharist. So right now, the whole this whole diocese is going into an intense meditation on the Eucharist. So I'm starting to get Eucharistic books in my rotation of books. 
So this book is quite good. That's a, that's a spiritual book that'll help you grow. And again, in spiritual reading, you're learning you're learning to pray and think and love in the heart and mind of the church. That's why it's so important to feed that part of your soul. The spiritual reading, it's these kind of prayer. It's like kindling wood. If you ever lit a fire, you got to have the big logs, but then you need all that little pieces of paper and kindling wood. That's that's spiritual reading. That's vocal prayer. It gets the fire going. It gets the fire in your heart going even better. Then. I forgot to mention, but the part four of the catechism, guess what? Part four of the catechism is all about prayer. I wish it was part one, but it's not. It's part four. So if you go to part four of the catechism, that's why I put it on the simpler version there. It teaches all about prayer. It teaches uh, all the things that I'm talking about today. And you can use that to get a better understanding of prayer. So part four of the catechism, and that's where this next part comes from, too. Uh, you might have seen it like this, Acts. These, this are, these are now the different kinds of vocal prayer. I found it lacking, so I had to add three. Brother Pax. There we go. <laughs> Brother Pax. So, and these are also going on at the Mass. So if you ever hear about the four, you know, what are the four ends of the Mass? What are the four things we're supposed to get out of Mass? Well, it's usually Acts, you know, normally, but you'll see if you agree with me on this. But I think it's Brother Pax. So the B is for blessing. You know, part of the way that we pray vocally is uh, blessing. As a matter of fact, it's, it is, you know, to, to say to people, God bless you, and to bless people, and, and to call down God's blessing on people is really one of our jobs on, on this earth. We're supposed to counteract all that cursing and people that use God's name as a swear word. We're supposed to counteract that in the world by bringing blessing into the world and sort of erasing all that cursing that's going on. So we're called to uh, be to give blessings and receive blessings. And then R is for reparation, reparation prayer. And reparation is when we, you know, we intentionally think about uh, making reparation for the sins of my family. My family is not coming to church anymore, but please, Lord, count make my, my time here be a reparation for their sin. Or for the sins of myself. I mean, so many sins in the past. We have to make some kind of reparation for them. And so we just ask God to accept this as a reparation for my sins or the sins of my family or whoever you want to offer it for. So reparation, that's something else that is important. And then uh, praising God for P, praise. So there's times in our prayer, in, in our vocal prayer, we want to praise God. A uh, great example would be the glory at the Mass. There's a great praise of God right there. Glory to God in the highest. So there's times when you want to let yourself, let, and especially if you can learn to do it spontaneously, give, give that praise to God. Praise God for all of the, all the, his greatness and all the great things that God has done for us. Then there's time, and A is for adoration. So you want to... Spend time adoring God and just placing yourself in God's presence. Placing yourself in the presence of God and adoring Him. Um, and then the C is for contrition. Uh, being sorry for your sins. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. 
you know, and sometimes we're not hard, hard enough on ourselves. We need something called compunction. We need a true sorrow for our sins. So if you feel you can even pray for those gifts, the Lord help me, you know, help me be, have the gift of compunction, the gift of tears over your sins. And you can ask for that gift. T is for thanksgiving, times of thanking God, and then S is for supplication for others, you know, intercessory prayer and pet- petition prayer. And those are the kinds of prayer that vocal prayer that we do in vocal prayer. Just a few uh, tips now, a few tips about prayer, then I'll take any questions. First, uh, a holy hour. You need a holy hour. You need a holy hour in your life. If you can't do a holy hour, you got to do a holy half hour every day. But you need to set aside that time to be with God. It's just an absolute necessity. Now, Fulton Sheen was one of my heroes, and he preached it. I don't know. I heard it for like 30 years of my life. Then I started doing it. Say, so when you start to do it, then you find that you can get it. This holy hour with God, spending that holy hour with God every day is an absolute must. So I would really highly recommend it. Or that start with a holy half hour if you can't do the hour. And you'll see that really your life will really start to change with that. Uh, then the G, I call this the GI method. These are just tips. So GI, when we see religious art, don't treat it like art. Treat it as an aid to prayer. G is for gratitude and I is for intercession. So let's say you see a statue of Mary. You say, oh, gee, oh God, thank you for the Blessed Virgin Mary in my life. Thank you for all the gifts you gave Mary. Please bless all expectant women today. There, now you've, it takes three seconds and you've prayed. So GI method. Every time you see religious art, try to be grateful for what's in the image and then try to offer your intercession prayer for whatever that image represents. Like there's Thomas Aquinas. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the gift of Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas, please uh, help me study better or help people, help students that are studying. Uh, IRS prayer. <laughs> this is the good IRS. Uh, so invite into your heart multiple times a day, whenever you think of this, invite into your heart Jesus. Invite the Father into your heart. Invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. And I always throw Mary in there too because she's connected to them right now. So I invite the Blessed Mother into my heart. Uh, R is for receiving again, this whole idea of receiving. So Lord, help me to receive all the blessings you have for me today. May I be able to receive all the blessings that you have for me at this moment or receive all the blessings from this time. And then S is surrender. So I-R-S. So what I'm kind of showing you here is you got to get a little creative in your prayer life and start coming up with ways that are going to help you keep on track. You see the things I've chosen, but yours might be slightly different. That would be good because each of us has a unique and unrepeatable relationship with God that has never been before and never will be again. So you have to embrace your prayer life with some creativity and come up with ways that are going to help you keep these elements on track. The Pope gave us the five-finger prayer. Uh, so I, I don't know what he said, but I always say, you know, I pray for my family, friends, and benefactors, my Dominicans, sisters, and brothers. Um, that's too many. Family, friends, benefactors, Dominican sisters and brothers, and all my parishioners, past, present, and future. So I can pray for them that way. It reminds me to pray for them. Uh, 
Oh, preparation for Mass. I got this from Fulton Sheen. So when you're going into Mass and you need to prepare, I always say, you know, with because Fulton Sheen said, the Mass is like a giant hand comes out of heaven and grabs the Lord on the cross and puts him here in Bloomington, Indiana. So this hand moves Jesus on the cross and plants him right here in our midst. And you want to bring, you know, the whole world needs this grace. So when you're coming to Mass, you're bringing all the people with you. So... With my feet, I remember all the oppressed people in the world. And uh, with my knees, all the faithful people in the world I bring to the altar. With my belt, I remember all the um, people that I ignore, like taxi drivers and waitresses and all the people who are serving me all day long. I try to bring them to the altar. With my hands, you know, all the addicted people in the world, bring them to the altar. And then when I put the stole on, I remember all, you know, priests and nuns and sisters and so forth. So using your body has a way of remembering to bring these people to God, bring them to the altar so they too can receive the graces and you can be there and, and proxy for, for many, many people. Um, when you pass in a doorway, you can, you can turn it into a prayer. I did this for once for, for, I don't do it anymore. Well, I just started redoing it again, but you can say something like, Jesus, I trust in you. But what I started doing today, because of this great book, which inspired me, The Seven Secrets, I try to do now a spiritual communion when you walk under a door. You can do as many spiritual communions a day as you want. You can do a thousand of them a day if you want to. <laughs> so anyways, that's a good one. Uh, what's your prayer when you put your hand in the holy water font when you come in the mat, come in the church? What do you, what should you have a prayer for that? What's your prayer when you open the front door of the church to come in the building? You should have a prayer for that. Um, another, another way, other ways to pray here are praying for purification. So the whole spiritual life, we're going through a spiral up to heaven. So at, you know, right, we're purified. Something we're pure. Something's purified out of our life. The Lord has to get it out of our life. We're purified. And now we get an illumination from that. Now we, we got a fresh insight on God or a fresh insight on ourselves. We get illumination. And now we're closer to God, union. We're closer to God. But then two weeks later, there's another thing to be purified out of your life. And then you get illumination and union. So asking God, you know, you want to cooperate with that process of grace. So asking God to, you know, purify me, illuminate me, and bring me into closer union with you. Purification, illumination, union. That's a great way to put your prayers. Or to also ask for healing and uh, deliverance and illumination. That's, uh, those are our, that's our mission that we're sent on from God. We're sent on to be healers and to stand up against evil and to bring the truth into the world. So we can pray for healing, deliverance, and illumination. And as a matter of fact, it's, it occurred to me once, you know, the... the of all the billions and billions and billions of angels that are there, God gave us the name of three angels. You only have the name of three out of billions. That's pretty incredible. And their mission was exactly that, healing, deliverance, and illumination. The healing angel is St. Raphael. The angel of deliverance are fighting against the devil is St. Michael. And the angel of uh, illumination is Gabriel. He brought the message to Mary and to Zechariah. So healing, deliverance, and illumination. And when you're, like, even when you're praying for your family or your friends, Lord, please bring healing, deliverance, and illumination to my mother, my father, whoever it is you're praying for. 
next, I would say, please always remember your angels because your angels, they're connected to us. They're bound up with us. So figure out a way to always remember your guardian angel and your angels and the saints and the Blessed Virgin Mary. So these people, you know, this, you can never pray alone. Put it this way. You can never pray alone. You can never go to Mass by yourself. And I have my private Mass. It's not by myself. Or you can't pray alone. You can be separated from, uh, from human people. But you're always surrounded by the angels. And, and the saints are there. And Mary. So um, don't ignore your angels. They're like unemployed day workers. You know, they need something to do. So make sure you send them to your family or send them to people that need help. <laughs> or ask God to send them, I mean, because we don't send them. We ask the Father to do it. Uh, oh, this is the one I just thought of re recently, the four Ps, praying for the four Ps. So praying for the poor, praying for the persecuted people in the world, because the new list of persecuted Christians just came out. So I was reading that recently. And I just tell you this, so in the first time in 20 years, there's been a change. Now, North Korea is not the worst place in the world to be a Christian, but it's Afghanistan has taken the number one spot after 20 years of being dominated by North Korea. So I'd like to remember to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. So the poor, the persecuted, the poor souls in purgatory, because um, you know prayer is the simplest act of charity that we can do. And so to remember the holy souls in purgatory, it doesn't take very much effort, and, it's, and it has a great effect in their life. As a matter of fact, you can... Um, Ask St. Michael to take communion to the people in purgatory. Maybe your family's there. Ask St. Michael to take them Holy Communion in purgatory. So the poor, the persecuted, the poor souls in purgatory, and the pre-born. I like to remember the pre-born because there are such a risk these days. And, oh, and then I did the three Ps. This is another one. <laughs> now I can't remember it. <laughs> what are the three Ps? Oh, purification, protection, and perseverance. So pray for that purification from God. Pray for protection from the evil one for yourself and your loved ones. And then pray for the gift of perseverance that we all persevere to the end of our lives in our Christian mission. Perseverance. Yeah. See, when you get more than three, it gets complicated. <laughs> and then uh, to pray every day for the increase in the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we receive these at baptism the sevenfold gift of the Spirit. And this is how I started on my path to becoming a, a charismatic Christian. The priest I was on retreat with just said, pray every day, grow in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. So you should uh, get that list. If you don't know it by heart already, you should memorize it. You know, it's wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and then the two C's, courage, counsel, and piety, and fear of the Lord. So we have those that are like seeds in our soul. Just like Adam and Eve got a garden they were supposed to tend, we get this garden at baptism, and it's full of these virtues and gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have to cultivate them and water them and prune them and pray for their growth. So praying every day for uh, growing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a, way, um, is a great way to start to grow in the spiritual life. Because the whole thing is based on receiving, asking and receiving from God. The spiritual life is not, we don't become Superman or Wonder Woman. We ask, we surrender, we receive these gifts from God. And then we cooperate with the grace that God is giving us. That's 
and, and um, you can see in meditation and contemplative prayer and mental prayer, you're learning to hear God's voice in your life, which will be our next uh, thing. So sometimes I uh, make my own prayer books because I don't want to buy ones. You can just go on the internet and I just make prayer books for myself. I have hundreds of them now. Um, here's one that you could use like during adoration. It's all full of meditations and prayers for the Eucharist. Here's the life of one of our newest Dominican saints, St. Margaret of Costello. Uh, here's the Stations of the Cross and the Stations of Light. So during Easter, there's a whole nother, no one does it, but there's a whole nother set of um, Stations of Light. Uh, this manual of prayers I got from Rome, it's from the North American College. It's full of wonderful prayers, beautiful prayers. Uh, here's more prayers I printed out and made a book out of. Okay. Here's a book of just the Psalms in, if you ever want to just pray with the Psalms. The Psalms are great. The Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible, and every emotion is in there. Every human emotion is in the Psalms. You're going to have days like, you know, I give up, and I, I don't want to live anymore, and things like that. So the Psalms are good. And when you're praying the Psalms, you can think about your own spiritual fight with God or with the devil, in the fight you're having with the devil, or you can pray for other people who might be depressed that day or something like that. Here's a, a book based on uh, an ancient, I mean, a, like a medieval Catholic practice, a book of hours and other devotions. They had these books were very popular. You can go in museums. Whoop, you can go in museums and see them. You know, they're very popular, and they have hymns and prayers and readings and meditations for every day. Here's one of all novenas, a Catholic book of novenas. Here's another Eucharistic one, really great. Here is a prayer book of favorite litanies. This is one of my favorites. I talked about those two. Here's a, a Living with Christ. This is the readings for Mass every day in it with some beautiful prayers in the front. I went with this over Magnificat because it's cheaper and I don't need everything that's in the Magnificat. There's so much in there. I already do all this. <laughs> I'm not going to add more to it. <laughs> This is the ministry that I use called uh, Presentation Ministries in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they'll send this to you. And it's meditations and prayers for every every day of the year about the prayers at Mass, the med uh, meditation at Mass. Lives of the Saints, there's prayer cards. Here's one for the Ukraine. My first prayer book, The Key of Heaven. There it is. The Recolta is another beautiful old prayer book that has tons of prayers. This is a... This is a great prayer book, the hymnal. Okay.